FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason, just another round-eyed dog, Venable, and I'm joined by special guest, Michael, I'm supposed to be a symbol, Kaiser. How's it going? Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, I won't lie. Um, I've uh, been kind of looking for an excuse to get Michael on. Uh, he, of course, is a co-host from um, Make Ours Marvel, which is one of my favorite podcasts, and so... Super excited to have have you on, and thanks for coming. Well, it'll be nice to talk about something outside of the 60s. <laughs> right? <laughs> for one evening. Because <laughs> we are going to be there a long time. Yes, you will. <laughs> Especially as those books keep, uh, oh, yeah. they keep adding to the lineup. So. <laughs> Getting slower and slower. Yep. Awesome. Well, um, so we're going to talk about, of course, this is going to be a flashback episode. We're going to talk about one comic, Uncanny X-Men 268. Um, and we'll get a little bit into it in a second. Um, I thought of Michael particularly for this issue because I had heard him mention it on Make Ours Marvel a few times and seen him tweet a few things about it. So, so I was happy that, that we were able to make this work out. But um, Michael, uh, what I usually do for first-time guest is kind of, uh, I don't know, you can keep it pretty brief or if you want to go detailed whatever you want to do but just kind of what are your kind of first impressions of, of Wolverine and the X-Men what's kind of like your origin story on in relation to Wolverine well just a quick two hours um, yeah <laughs> no I uh, actually it's weird it, it actually starts with this issue so oh nice. there you go that's pretty wow. easy right yeah um, and I don't know if you can figure out why there's someone on the cover that got my attention well, okay, so um, listeners of Make Artists Marvel will probably know that Michael is a big Captain America fan. Yep. And um, I, I got to say, if you're looking for Captain America guest appearances, there's there's not much you could. I don't. I, th- I think you would almost have to buy this issue with this awesome Jim Lee cover because yeah, it's it's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. So like when this came out, I was exclusively captain america title purchasing only we're talking junior high maybe right um and i just kind of started collecting comics i had had some comics that were given to me like you know everybody has comics when they're kids and stuff but right this this is like oh there's a comic shop and oh it's on my way home from school now so i'm gonna go in every day and actively start collecting these issue numbers right and so i'm doing that with cap and I eventually catch up to like the regular Cap. So we're talking like I don't know for those who read who read Grandwald Cap, like Streets of Poison era is yeah. going on. Okay, yeah, I know you're reading it. Um, yeah. I see you posting that stuff sometimes. But um, <laughs> so here I am looking at the newsstand for the latest Cap, and lo and behold, there's another Captain America on a different thing. What's this X Men? I don't know. <laughs> so I pick it up, and then if you, of course, remember that first page, like, geez. Right. I flipped it open, and not only is it one of the coolest 
kind of, you know, splash page slash pinups of Captain America that gets copied over and over again forever. But it also the caption first reads in the late summer of 1941. So like that's like up until then, I've had a few flashbacks here and there in my cap reading, but I never had like an issue that like the story takes place in World War Two, you know? Wow. So, yeah, I had to pick this up. And then uh, from there, I fell in love with Wolverine because he's really hard not to love in this issue. Right. And then from there, I just kept going. And the next issue didn't even have Wolverine in it. I think no. it was it was <laughs> no, it uh, <laughs> it's it's Rogue versus Zombie Captain Marvel or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, it gets into like the extinction agenda and all the stuff. But I was just like. I was a would-be comic book artist too, so Jim Lee was like really speaking to me at the time. Oh, okay. Like, um, not so much anymore, but back then I was like, of the you know the hero, all the all the artists were becoming heroes at this point, you know. Right. Todd, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, like bigger than the writers, getting their own books eventually. So like Jim Lee in particular was my favorite because he seemed to have the best grasp of anatomy, kind of, and <laughs> really made dynamic pages and stuff. Right. And, yeah, so I copied the heck out of some of these panels, even in this book. I remember. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where my X Men came from. Is like suddenly, you know, as a teenager, I don't know if that's just cliche, but as a teenager, the X Men kind of call to you, you know. Yes, I think so. Um, so I was picking those up, and then I even went backwards and got like the first Gambit appearance, which you know oh. nowadays nowadays is probably not very hard, but back then it seemed like it was really hard for it, some reason. It was very very hard. It took. I don't think I got that until. I was an adult. Um, oh. It was one of those comics. I remember my comic shop had it, but it was, at the time it was like 30 bucks. And that was like oh yeah, two months allowance. So I just, every time I thought I was going to save up for, I blew it on something else. So I never oh. got it. <laughs> and then, yeah. then I got it for like five bucks. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, now, after I graduated now, college. <laughs> right. Because now, of course, all that tanked. But at the right. time, it was ridiculous. Because it was also the first Jim Lee book i think i could be wrong but so the two things first gambit and first jim lee pencils yeah like, forget it good luck finding it <laughs> but uh yeah i really enjoyed the x-men i enjoyed them through the end this was like the tail end of chris claremont unfortunately but um right. then jim lee took over but i also went backwards and got a lot of the older stuff all the mark Silvestri stuff was awesome to uh, me yes that's good stuff uh, and then his spinoff into Wolverine was great. I read that title for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was buying New Mutant slash X Force and anything going. I was pretty much a Captain America slash X Men collector for some reason, more so than the right. Aven- Avengers even, which I probably shouldn't admit out loud. But <laughs> yeah, at the time, it was all about X Men and Captain America. I don't know why. That's really cool. Odd combo. Yeah. Well, but but really good, really strong books at the time though. Um, oh yeah. Now you mentioned Gruenwald, but I, you know, I forgot how much I love what Ron Lim is doing on the cat book art wise oh, right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because he's a guy that got kind of overworked. So depending on what book you're reading, depends on you can kind of see like where his heart was, and it was uh-huh. definitely in Captain America and Silver Surfer, <laughs> and then oh yeah, then, then everything else kind of got what he had left over. But um, <laughs> but those and- two books were so visually just. A punch in the face. Uh, it was is so you couldn't go wrong with uh, Ron Lim and Jim Lee. That's a pretty good uh, right way to yeah. way to spend your money. Yeah. So cool. Well, that's really cool. So did you ever did you get like 
And I know we're roughly the same age. Were you into like the cartoon and all that at all, or was that kind of? Yeah, yeah, that came after. The, I guess I probably, to be fair, was maybe introduced to Wolverine with the same way I was introduced to Cap, which was the Secret Wars action figures. Oh, um, okay, but, cool. But that doesn't really tell you anything about Wolverine. You just see him on right. the back of the card. Like, there's a guy <laughs> named Wolverine, but I don't know who that is, right? Um, but my mom happened to buy me Captain America, so it all went downhill from there. Um, right. <laughs> could have been anybody. Dr. Octopus, I'd be a huge Dr. Octopus fan right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I did. I got into... Um, um, all that. I also became a huge John Byrne fan at some point in my life, and of course uh-huh. he he touches every Marvel Everybody. book, yeah. including X Men. Some very good X Men. Oh yes. Um, but also even DC oh, and Fantastic Four and all that. Hulk. Yeah, his calf run was really fun too. Actually, the first yeah. the first calf I ever had was one of his. I got like a mini comic, like it was a half size comic. That someone mm. gave me trick or treating, like, like which now would be pretty rad. Like I wish I was a guy that handed out comic books instead of candy, but I'm who can afford that. But um, right, 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 right. <laughs> but um, but at the time, so it was the one uh, where someone was trying to get Captain Run for president. So the cover sure. was like uh, this yellow cover, and it had like an election button with like Cap's face on it. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, wow, this art's really cool. And uh, of course. That was John Byrne. Um, before I really knew who John Byrne was, so um, yeah, his cap run. I've, I think I've filled in most of his cap well, his run cap- with, with physical issues, and it's a pretty good run. His um, cap run is luckily very not luckily for us, but luckily to collect is very short. Him and Stern did yeah, like five or six issues or something, and then for some reason stopped. But um. There's two things out of that that's cool, though. One is the trade paperback has an unfinished story in the back that they were going to continue to do. Oh, wow. If anybody wants to check that out, there's no dialogue, but there is a some essay on what their intention was. So that's interesting to oh, see. Oh, that's cool. And then the other thing concerning that first comic you have, they made a what if about him actually becoming president. That's oh. kind of a fun read. So Okay, I'm going to have to track that down. Spin that out. Yeah. Spoilers, it doesn't go well because it's what if. But... <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So so basically everybody dies. Um... Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Um, well, so Uncanny X-Men 268 is kind of an uh, iconic cover. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I believe this issue is called Magipur Knights, but with a K. So, you know. The Knights of Magic. Ah, ah, good catch. Good yeah. catch. Yeah. Written, of course, by Chris Claremont, penciled by Jim Lee, inked by Scott Williams, and that Lee Williams, that's an all star team up. Mm-hmm. Um, Glennis Oliver does the colors. Um, amazing. One of the probably the best colorists of the 80s and 90s combined. Um, Tom Orjakowski on the letters. Um, and of course, Jim Lee and Scott Williams on the cover. And, um, yeah, it's just an iconic, you have Cap standing up big and proud in the back, Wolverine crouched in front of him, and then Black Widow kind of akimbo to them, almost uh, kind of looking over her shoulder at you, but, you know, this is not quite mid-90s, so it's not super sexy, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. it, like it will be in a couple of years if it was done like uh. in 93 or so, um, yeah. 
but um yeah no it's a really great cover and i've uh i really enjoyed i'll probably retweet them some more after the episode comes out but uh michael was he tweeted at me a bunch of homages to this cover um some of which i'd seen some of which were were brand new to me so and so it's a was very, Jim Lee. yeah that was really funny and i it's yeah. some wild storm book i wasn't familiar with but um yeah, me neither but yeah <laughs> so obviously uh, an oft oft imitated cover but this one's the real deal and um you know, even down to like the kind of the half tone in the sky, like there's just something just really cool and classic about this cover. I think Jim Lee's style really lends itself well to uh, the classic hero's hero with the square jaw too. Right. Like yeah. I really love his Superman more than yes. say like his Batman, even though he's kind of known for Batman now. But right. Like I like I like the do-gooder types under his pencil because he he does <laughs> he does a good job of of making them look really heroic, especially yes, on this car. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so a great cover. And, uh, you know, we'll start off as funny because, um, and I'm not exactly sure on the timeline. I believe I heard Jim Lee say that this image is the first, but, um, you know, a few months earlier than this Wolverine 27 came out, which basically copies this first pose. And, so hmm. I'll ask Michael Kaiser, um, who wore it better? <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, what was the number? I think it's 27. I Let me make sure I'm saying that right. That's what I feel ah. like in my mind. I was just going to quickly try and see if I could figure out which cover, I, which came out, actually came out first. But I'm not having any luck with the search results. So, <laughs> boo. <laughs> Let me make that sure right number. Let's see, Wolverine 27. Yeah, 27, which came out. His cover dated, oh gosh, July of 90. And this is late September of 90. But of course, that doesn't always mean anything. But, um, well, I haven't seen the other one, but I'm going to answer this one anyway because. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've drooled over it and drawn it and, right. and just think it's a really great epic opening shot. Very I particularly cool. love the uh, pointed blades <laughs> pointing yeah. up right at him as he jumps right at them. I mean, I don't right. know. How cool is that? It's pretty awesome. It's a pretty, like, leg- you know, it's one of those poses that, like, you just, I don't know, when you, when you close your eyes and think of Captain America, this is, this is up there with mm-hmm. those images. So... So where do we start, Michael, in this in this story? Besides this awesome splash page. Well, I'll just an overall thing I want to say is like I have read this a million times before. It's been a long while until I read it again for this show tonight. Um, and there were things like, wow, I never really noticed or thought about things like this because probably the last time I read it was you know years and years, decades ago maybe. <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to pinpoint like where and when this stuff is going on exactly right i I felt like you know as a new reader i didn't care because i didn't know anything about any of these people so i'm just reading and minding my own business but now it's like now it's like you know how does this black widow thing correlate with black widow things i know (laughs) you know like i don't get it and who are these people and i had to do some wikipedia to be honest just to like figure some stuff out i'll be interested to hear some thoughts because i think I think the Black Widow timeline is probably the most problematic of the three. Uh Um, 
Because obviously, you know, Captain America's super soldier serum, sure. he was frozen in time. And we already know of of World War II stories. Um, for Wolverine, this is a new concept. We knew he had kind of a rich past, and we knew his healing factor made him age slower. But this is kind of the first time that they say definitely World War okay. II. I was going to uh, ask you about that because this predates Wolverine Origins, obviously. Yes, yeah. So, so I didn't know how often they or blatant they had made his World War II appearances before this, if ever. Not, not much. So running concurrent with this is, uh, you know, Larry Hammett has just kicked off his Wolverine arc, mm-hmm. like his his legendary run that goes forever and ever. And one of his standalone stories, there's a reference to Wolverine being in the war with a Canadian friend. And so that kind of came out right around the same time as this. Um, so it kind of, kind of, um, just as we're learning that Wolverine's past extends backwards, we kind of get double dipped on it. So, um, but yeah, but no, this is the first kind of extensive, especially, you know, anything that it would kind of cross over to, you know, being in universe, you know, with the rest of, of Marvel and uh-huh. the Marvel golden age and all that. So, so this is early days for cap just based on this first caption or all these yeah. captions in the first page. Like they don't show the triangle shield, which is usually how they really indicate early days for Cap. but <laughs> yeah. he does have the round shield. So this is like day two. Um, <laughs> but he does talk about how like he's so new here that like he still wonders why he's even doing this necessarily. Why did he decide to be <laughs> or don this stupid outfit in the first place and do all these things? Yeah. Like that's how new he is. So, and he acts that way throughout this whole issue too. He kind of acts like a noob. <laughs> um, but yeah, it opens with him attacking, uh, 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 I guess the hand, right. Or ninjas. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's really cool. In addition to the opening splash page, which is awesome. The next page is a double page spread, which is equally awesome of him. Just like Mike Zek horizontally charging through all of them, like cap does. <laughs> and like all of them freaking out. Actually, they all think, Hey, he fights pretty good for a white guy, but then they end up hurting him anyway. <laughs> Um, one of them manages to tag him in the back because, again, early days, guys, Cap doesn't know how to fight yet, I guess, as well as he will later. Um, and I guess he's trying to help a uh, a Russian. He's in Mandrapur, obviously, because that's what's called Mandrapur Knights. And right. he's trying to help a Russian. The hand wants the Russian for some reason. I guess we'll get into that in a second. And Cap's about to die, get beheaded, and lo and behold, who shows up? But Jason's favorite character. Yeah. Wolverine, clothes. Um, and he's he's um, wielding a couple lead pipes, and we'll get into that in a second because I have a comment on that. Um, <laughs> and pretty much beats the heck out of all of them. At which point, Cap actually gets up off his butt and says, "Hey, thanks for the help," and also joins into the fight. Um, they introduce one another. Wolverine is uh, pretty nice about it. Actually, more nice than I expected or remembered him being about it. Um, <laughs> Says his name's Logan. Welcome to Low Town. Blah blah blah. They shake hands, and then it cuts to uh, your your side of the story. Yeah. So, uh, but before that, I don't know if you want to comment now or wait. Yeah, so. yeah. So uh, I thought it was interesting because before we get to the lead pipes, there's a hand ninja who has like fake Wolverine claws uh-huh. that 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 strikes uh, Cap in the back. Um, now I'm reading this also along with. You know, I just got out of my 60s reading and I'm doing some 70s. So I actually have a little bit of comment about this Russian guy, but I'll wait till till a couple of pages to talk about that. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, so the interesting part about Wolverine, he comes charging in with these pipes. Um, of course, this is before any kind of revelation or retcon of any bone claws. So as far as the current reader would have known back in the summer of 1990, um, he didn't have claws back in World War II. Right. So, so that is amazing to me that it took, or even past this, 1990 to figure out that those metal claws weren't given to him by that, um, you know, project that laced Weapon his bones. Yeah, Weapon we- X, yes. Yeah. I was trying to say Agent X, but I knew that was wrong. Weapon <laughs> X, yes. Um, so the first time they reveal his bone claws, is that when, like, Wolverine uh, gets his metal stripped by Magneto in that uh, yes. miniseries? Yes, yeah. I remember that. And I also remember all of my friends going, I always knew it. Because <laughs> we all just assumed that they didn't just add claws. That kind of doesn't make sense, right? How do you how right. do you add claws? He's got the musculature that makes claws pop in and out. That had to be there already, right? <laughs> um, so it was a good move on their part. But it is kind of cool that you know here we don't know that he has claws. So throughout the, all the flashbacks, he doesn't use his claws. Right. Yep. Now, now you can headcanon that to say maybe he's trying to keep the whole mutant thing under wraps for himself right now. Yeah, for some I mean, reason. In World so, War II, would have been before mm-hmm. he wasn't really talked about. He probably didn't want to draw attention to himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, he just, for all we know, he's just another guy that looks like Indiana Jones. So Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah it works. Yeah, it's cool, great, though. Great fight. See, I love, you know, because nowadays we know that, you know, Cap and, and Wolverine can kind of be – Maybe a little bit of an odd couple, but a de- a definitely kind of a deep respect and kind of a, a long mm-hmm. friendship. And it's funny to kind of see their, their meeting for the first time again, as it says on the cover, where, um, you know, w- Logan comments on the suit and he's like, I'm supposed to be a symbol. And Wolverine uh, <laughs> says, yeah. never met one of those before. I'm just a gal. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he's very so. gracious for Wolverine, I think. Yeah. He, he yeah. could easily, like you know, bust this guy's hump for right. dressing like a flag, but he doesn't. <laughs> Not really. Um, Cap and Wolverine, like, I don't know, Cap always comes off, maybe not always, but I don't know if he ever comes off great around Wolverine, and I'm not sure if that's just because writers like to make Wolverine look right over, over you know, <laughs> Superman, because Superman right. has that same problem hanging out with dark figures, too, right. or whatever. Anybody, any superhero who hangs out with Punisher is going to look like a moron for some reason. <laughs> Um, so here I think they did okay especially since Cap is new so I kind of like just wrote it off as he's inexperienced and he's saying stupid stuff but right. um, sometimes like Avengers Annual 8 have you ever read that one I think it is where um, they te- it's that big classic Mike Zek cover oh. where he's scraping the shield with Cap- his claws Captain America Annual you mean yeah yeah sorry yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, Cap, Cap uh, John, doesn't come off great there John covered that with me so, okay yeah. well Cap didn't come off great there either, in my opinion, but <laughs> that's just the thing, like the righteous guy versus the guy who understands reality. Right. Yeah. So, but it yeah. worked in this book, I think. Yeah, no, I think it comes off pretty well. And I, I actually really enjoyed their their friendship. Wolverine kind of almost holds Cap up to this like ideal that he can never meet, mm-hmm. but he respects. And then, you know, Cap's always trying to give Wolverine the benefit of the doubt, even though he's is rough around the edges and blows it all the time. So it's, 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 a, it's an interesting relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, so we switched to 49 years later, 
And we have Jim Lee drawing the heck out of Black Widow. Heck and yeah. she's also fighting some hand. Um, and not going super great. Um, she's holding her own. So it's definitely not like it's not. I want to say it's like making her look bad or anything. But I mean, she's vastly outnumbered. She gets wrapped up in some chains and is about to try to fight back. And from the background, we get a snicked. And I love that the hand is like, that sound. <laughs> and <laughs> I saw that on Twitter once. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Jubilee, Wolverine, and Psylocke show up. Of course, in current continuity, uh, Jubilee had rescued Wolverine from the Reavers, and they found Psylocke after the, her transformation into an Asian. So they've been running around trying to reconnect with the X-Men. And so now they're back in Madripoor. You know, doing some Wolverine stuff, and they run into this fight with the hand. And of course, Wolverine, it appears, knows Black Widow. Um, I really love this page. Uh, it kind of looks like Jubilee's wearing a diaper where she's throwing the, the <laughs> batter up. But other than that, the panel of Psylocke, and then kind of the close up of the claws, and just a classic Wolverine Jim Lee pose. Um, on the bottom of that page, where he's like, Madripoor is my turf, you're not welcome. And, um, so yeah, so they, they realized that, you know, he has a history with Black Widow, Psylocke and Jubilee are both kind of like, oh, that's interesting. And then, uh, Natasha passes out, um, and then we go back to the 40s. Yeah, this scene was cool. I remember when I first read it, really loving that you get to see Wolvie in the 40s, like you said, being Indiana Jones with pipes. And then you cut to the present, and he's like, just badass superhero kind of you know right. <laughs> with this awesome awesome suit and actual claws popping out of his hand and it's like way more effective looking yeah um and to me this is the look like i know there are people who like the yellow blue or whatever but man i'm the 80s uh yellow brown <laughs> all the way guy i just love yeah, that look great. on wolverine it's great to see yeah especially in jim lee's hands it's uh, uh-huh. it's, it's a suit to be reckoned with for sure yeah Okay, my turn again. Let's see. Back in 1941, they're at a place called Seraph's, which is owned by a lady named Seraph. Um, and Wolverine's running, walking around pretending to be drunk, but really purposely running into Baron Strucker and getting his beer all over his nice tuxedo. <laughs> they get into a verbal argument with Strucker and his, like, right-hand goon, who's got, like, a nice big swastika on his suit arm. Uh, but then uh, 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 Seraph comes in and, like, tells them all to no fighting in my bar, everybody's welcome kind of Casablanca thing, I guess. Um, and then we cut to Wolverine and Steve Rogers in a tux, and the guy, the Russian guy they saved, Ivan. Mm-hmm. And they're, I guess, the thing about the hand that was, they were trying to steal Black Widow, or they did steal Natasha, She's a child in 1941, and she stole. They stole Natasha from Ivan because I guess she's either already very good at being awesome, or she's going to be good at being awesome. This is the part where the story gets a little muddled for me, and I'm not sure how this works exactly. But right, like she has potential to be awesome, or she already is kind of awesome, and the hand slash Hydra want her, I guess. Yes. So they're gonna go get her. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Worth noting that uh, as a Wolverine fan, of course, especially from the Solo series, that uh, they make a note that Seraphs will eventually become the Princess Bar. 
Okay. But it's funny because in, in current day Magipore, the Princess Bar, which Wolverine ends up buying a stake in, is kind of a dive. But mm. here it seems to be kind of a pretty classy joint. Like, oh, yeah. It does definitely have that Casablanca vibe you were talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, and they, and they they kind of played up for for laughs, uh, Sarah's diminutive stature, where everyone kind of looks down when she yells and she climbs on the table. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, though, I don't I don't think he's making too much fun because she like definitely boss like, like she's in charge for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that part was cool. Um, so I remembered Ivan. You know, I didn't I never put this together as a kid, but having fresh on my mind, you know, Black Widow had a very limited solo run in 1970. Uh, she was one half of an anthology book with the Inhumans. And at that time, part of the crux of that story was, oddly enough, they made her out to be like this kind of jet-setter super spy, which the spy thing makes sense. I don't know about the jet-setter part. But anyway, she had a chauffeur from her old family back from Russia who was Ivan, and it's this mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. So so he was in the 70s stories. I think the part that I think is, is kind of the, the weirdest thing to figure out for me because even if you don't worry about the sliding timeline, Natasha in World War II is a young child, yes. maybe six or seven. If you add 49 to that, that's that's putting in her 50s, and she's obviously not. Mm-hmm. And so that's that to me is where it gets tricky because, um, you know, like like we mentioned, you know, Cap has a, the super soldier serum, so that makes him age slow, plus he was frozen for so long. You know, Wolverine has the healing factor that ages him slowly. I don't, is there anything, or do you say anything, you said you Wikipedia, was, is there anything yep. about Natasha yep. not aging? Yep, I found some. And okay, I've always cool. wondered that, I've wondered that since I first read this book, and it, it took until this show to finally <laughs> look it up and solve this issue for me. Hey, what you got? Uh, um, well, here's the confusing part, though. So, like you said, there was that miniseries with Ivan. I haven't read that. Apparently, Ivan was responsible for her training in that or something around there. Okay. That's um, prior to Red Room. Okay. Then they retconned it to be Ivan sent her to the Red Room. Oh, okay. So now I'm wondering if they should even be helping Ivan, but we can get into that. Because I, for all I know, the re- I always thought the Red Room was a horrible place for her. But... Yes, it is. Yeah. So here's this guy, Ivan, who's like, hey, help me get my girl back so I can torture her for the rest of her life. Um, right. <laughs> but somewhere in the Red Room, I guess they created – they implanted her with biokinetically weird things to help her to slow down her aging. Okay. So so her roots are in World War II, I guess. And she's been a spy along with the Winter Soldier, you know, for a long time. Okay. She doesn't age fast. And I never knew that was one of her abilities, but I guess it is. Wow. Okay. And they even say that in this book, like Jubilee's like, how old could she? She looks really good for, you know, 5,000 right? years old. Or so, <laughs> yeah, I always wondered that. But, yeah, I guess just like Cap and Wolverine, her origins are rooted in World War II and don't change regardless of the timeline. And Nick Fury, for that matter. Right, right. But Nick Fury, he's had various serums pumped in his mm-hmm. body as well. So. Yeah, you got to come up with something. Right. <laughs> it's either that or you have to change the war like a la Frank Castle or Right, or, right. Yeah. Not just have him stuck in Vietnam all the time. Right. Yeah. Very true. But yeah, so I don't know about this Ivan guy. He seems cool, but as far as I'm aware, the Red Room is horrible. So if that's his plan is to put her in it, why are we helping him? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I guess the answer in story would be that they don't know that. Yeah. That's his plan, but yeah. That's interesting. I didn't I didn't realize that he ends up being kind of the heel of the story and for Black well, Widow it, eventually. I mean, I don't know if that's true or true because I've never actually read it, but... Right. I also don't know, like... See, here it goes again. Like, what is so special about Natasha specifically? I feel like the Red Room was about just taking kids and training them in there, changing them in there. Not taking kids that were already super special, like yeah. all of Ender's Game or something like that, and huh. training them. Or was it? I don't know. I don't No, I think it's just like orphans and, yeah. and stuff like that. So So why does the hand want her? Why does Cap get assigned to rescue her by the government, presumably? Right. Unless it's just at the right place, right time or something. But Yeah, they yeah, don't they, they don't, don't really say that. why the hand is interested and they don't even really talk about like She's a world-class ballerina or anything, you know, that's, yeah. that we'll eventually learn about her. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting. I guess. I don't know. Huh. Well, they did and I missed it, but I didn't see that anywhere in there. Uh, uh, I didn't either. Oh, here you go. Okay, we can get to it. When we get to it, I just found a quote. Maybe that'll help us, but that's a ways oh. away. So okay, let's cool. keep going. We're back right. in now. Yeah, now. So um, Black Widow wakes up in bed. Um, Wolverine's sitting next to her smoking um she tries to shoot him but she can't because wolverine took her weapons off when he changed her into sexy lingerie for some reason as one does yeah it's kind of yeah i mean chalking it up to 1990 but it's kind of kind of a creeper move that a that he changed her anyway no no i mean she was wounded so dressing the wound is fine but just put her in some comfy pjs don't Especially if, like, you're supposed to be, like, friendly with her, but not, like, a lover. Because yeah. I think her she uncle? calls him, like, Uncle Logan. That's yeah. just even creepier. Right. Like, dressing your niece in, in the laundry. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but she wakes up, gives him a hug. Um, he's like, how you feeling? Um, you know, Jubilee spying on him through the blinds. Uh, says, how come all Wolverine's friends are sexy ladies? And, um... Psylocke's like, mind your business. I'm going to drink this Mai Tai or whatever I'm having here. Um, and I do like that they recolored Jubilee so she's not quite as Robin looking um, with the all red and yellow as opposed to there's no green left right now. Um, so that's probably good. Um, but yeah, then they reconvene. They all get together. They, they talk about, you know, Black Widow and Daredevil had thought they got rid of the hand wolverine's like he should have known better then there's something about the strucker twins she owes a favor to nick fury so she's checking it all out um she asked why are you guys here and they're like well we're just passing through um you know saw someone fighting the hand figured i better step in because i don't like those guys um we find out the struckers are meeting with this uh matsuo Oh, I'm going to get this last name wrong. Oh, good luck. Surayaba, I think. Sure. And, um, of course, he's the guy that Claremont just recently introduced that took out the Mandarin and is making a big power move in the Japanese underworld. So um, he's going to meet with the Strucker twins to form an unholy alliance, as uh, Wolverine calls it. Um, And, yeah, so that's where Black Widow says, how long since we... And she kind of leaves it hanging, which is 
it doesn't really help the creepy factor, but um, <laughs> but right. Wolverine, Wolverine's like nigh on fifteen years, princess, and Jubilee's like, what? No way, impossible, ancient history. Um, and they say let's try it again, and they're gonna go go after the hand, I guess. But before we do that, we switch scenes again. I love this little bit too that while they're all talking about business, Jubilee, like a kid, is not really paying attention, just playing with her. <laughs> powers and then she looks at black widow and then she looks at uh psylocke and then she looks down her top and then she just sighs <laughs> like i didn't even come, guess that's what she was doing that's hilarious how, how come they get to be grown women and i'm just a kid anyway i thought that was a cool little bit that yeah then the face she makes after that where she's mm-hmm. like Ooh. yeah um so this is the crux of the of the modern tale is uh uh, the Strucker twins, and I guess what, so I don't have to say his name, Wolverine calls the Young Yonin. I guess that's the guy's title. Yeah. Matsuo. I guess so. Uh, so they're going to get together and create a big organization or join their forces. So that's not good. Um, cut back to 1941. We've got Strucker and his limousine guy uh, trying to escape with Natasha. Uh, the headlights shine on Wolverine, who's in the way. They try and run him over, but of course we know that won't work. He jumps over the hood and kicks right through the window, crashes the car. Cap and Ivan show up to try and help, but the uh, before they can get to it, like the, the chauffeur guy pulls out a gun and just starts shooting inside the car. It looks like Wolverine shields Natasha with it. Well, he does. He shields Natasha with the body. But what it looks like is that he's dead and Ivan and Cap don't know any better. Right. Then um, 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 what happens? Oh, they kill. um, I don't know what happens to Strucker. I guess he wasn't in the car. I lied. But the uh, Cap and Ivan defeat the dudes and take Natasha to what they think is the American consulate, the safe house. They get inside their Strucker. That's how I lost track of him. He's there with his army because, you know, the consulate is an enemy. Um, So now Cap and Ivan and Natasha are captured, and it cuts back to now. Yeah, really interesting. Um, Of course, I can't ever see Octung without thinking of Octung Baby. But um, (laughs) (laughs) Octung. Yeah, they know their three German words. Right. But I love that panel Wolverine jumping through the windshield is oh, yeah. pretty epic. Yeah. Um, and where he gets he gets offended that they call him an Americaner. He's like, I'm a Canadian. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, so the guy shoots into the car. So is, I guess the Nazi soldier or the – yeah, yeah, he says, so if I can't, if we can't have the child, nobody can, that kind of right. thing. Um and I love when they pull Natasha out. She's like, he told me to be brave, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. And I always love, I don't know how you feel about this. Um, I always like when you see Cap's eyebrows under his mask. <laughs> that is definitely a Jim Lee thing. Yeah. <laughs> I used to like it. I don't know if I like it anymore. I'm kind of now yeah. used to him having a more helmet head. Right. But, yeah. Um, and it's a cool, it's a cool 90s thing it's neat to right. see that he's blonde i like the caps like what does that loon think he is some sort of superman because uh, nobody knows that wolverine is more than what he thinks he is so right he just yep. jumped through a window of a speeding car and died yeah. no oh well that was that was a dumb thing to do yeah <laughs> they're all I like guess, wow but i think it's funny though i mean i know they have to for the story but it's like oh well he 
He died saving you. Uh, I guess we're going to leave him in the backseat of this car to rot. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just the spy business, isn't it? Yeah, you I throw, guess so. You throw the guy in the dumpster and move on because <laughs> there's just no time for anything else. They're on the run. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to switch back to today. Uh, Natasha Black Widow is interrogating some guys. Wolverine's down below. She's going to drop him. He's going to catch him with a, a snicked six claws out and a big old smile on his face. Um, a great panel. He's like, no, 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 I'll talk, I'll talk. And he's going to tell them where the meeting is. So have you ever used that panel for your handle? Because you Not really yet. ought to. <laughs> I mean, yet. how perfect is that? <laughs> That's it. That's even got the name, the word and everything in there. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, okay, back to me again. Wow, that's fast. Um, so Ivan and Cap have their hands tied behind their back, and it's like this big like Temple of Doom thing going on with uh, the head of the hand, whose name I don't know if he has one, but he wears green and everybody else wears pink robes for some reason. Um, and he's at the top of the stairs, and they're going to like... Oh, they're going to make Natasha... Okay, so here's where it says... Hi, er, Strucker says, I've given to understand by the old man who leads these costume fanatics that young Natasha has an extraordinary aptitude for the martial arts. Under his tutelage, meaning the hand, the master of the hand, she will become the hand's master assassin. So there's something about her that they feel is very Bruce Wayne, and she could grow up to be the awesomest Batman of the world. <laughs> um, <Right. Okay. laughs> and so now the hand guy, just like Batman Begins, wants her to kill ivan and cap behead them essentially with a sword cap says you monster and it's back to now yeah so then we go to a yacht there's a big party where the meeting's supposed to be uh some slobby guys are, are ogling psylocke and natasha in their 90s evening wear um <laughs> yeah uh, jubilee is a delivery boy which i thought was interesting um <laughs> she's running around and they're telling her where to put the the crate of, I guess, Chinese food, maybe? I can't really tell. Um, then Wolverine shows up, says, Evening, fellas, got a light. And at that point, right on cue, Jubilee does fireworks, blows up the engine room, um, which makes the boat fail. Wolverine stabs some dudes. Natasha shoots some people with widow bites. Psylocke grows her leg and kicks a guy in the face. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that leg is easily six foot by itself. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but with a classic Jim Lee yelling face. Um, so it's okay, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, and then then right mid-kick, we go back to 1941. Man, this this is a two-page spread that you just described, and it's like, this is so 90s. This is the most 90s in this book, I think. <laughs> yes. Like all the women's outfits and their hair and the dudes wearing like shoulder padded suits <laughs> with no ties. And, oh, my gosh. Really dated. Yeah. The guy even has a ponytail. Oh, I just realized uh, Psylocke's smoking. I don't think she does that usually. Oh, well, maybe it's just for the cover. I Must don't know. Be. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you, man, I ate up all this art. I love the way he drew. I loved with you know past tense the way he drew women back in the day not so right. much anymore necessarily but yeah i thought it was cool um all right now to the best part of the book in my opinion anyway uh back to 1941 the guys 
egging her on, use the sword, child, cut off Ivan's head. And she's like, no, I don't really want to. Yes, you must. You must. Resistance <laughs> is useless, girl. And then all of a sudden, this sword comes through that cuts in one swoop, cuts um, Natasha's sword in half, and then keeps on going and shock right into the head of the uh, head of the ah, hand. Nice. Head of the head of the hand is chopped. Wolverine's standing there holding his guts. Everybody's like, wow, we thought you were dead. And he's like, I got better. And he <laughs> slices their ropes with another slash. Now all three of them are up. Ivan has a machine gun. Wolverine has a sword. Cap has a shield. Big close-up of they're not going to let, let us leave without a fight. And Wolverine's like, their choice, their funeral. And just goes in there with his fangs out. Oh, yeah, it's and great. pretty much kills them. They don't even show it. They show one <laughs> panel. They show one panel of them hand getting their butt kicked. But really, it just cuts to, uh, you know, yeah, of course they won. They're getting on an American plane. Um, what's her face is driving them. I forget her name already. Seraph. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, let's see. Are they getting on an American plane or are they getting on a I don't know. Natasha and no, they're all getting on a plane. Cap, Natasha and Ivan are all getting on a plane. And Wolverine and Seraph are dropping them off. They kind of give each other a respectful handshake. Cap says something about, like, you know, it'd be cool if we worked together. But Wolverine's like, hey, I don't need a sidekick. And Cap's like, well, I, you would have been this. Oh, never mind. And they <laughs> get on the plane and wave goodbye. Yeah. And I, wrote, <laughs> I wrote in my notes the who's sidekicking who bit was pretty fantastic. Yeah, that was that was, that was pretty awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then we go to the last page, which is now, and they find out the whole thing was a ruse, that it was a fake meeting that they busted up. Um, so the girls change back into costume so they can get down to business. Um, Cyclops scans the folks mentally, but they don't know anything. They have no knowledge that'll do us any good. She says. And Wolverine's like, figures. And then we see that someone's watching them on a camera. And it's three hands going clinky clink with champagne. Which we can only assume that the two, the white hand, which is, looks feminine, and the, the fancy gloved hand, those are probably Fenris, which are the Strucker twins. And then um, we'll have to assume that the middle hand is uh, Matsuo. So they're toasting to their their cleverness basically um as a, as a look how smart we are champagne toast as they are going to carry on with their plans and we'll have to wait a little bit to see that bear out but you know there you go so that was gonna be my question to you because i wasn't able to look that up or even figure out how to look that up but you mentioned that this one guy is introduced in the wolverine solo title as the replacement of Mandarin? Oh no, that was in um, it was an uncanny two okay fifty something. Okay, um, so does this storyline ever? Yes, keep going. I don't remember Fenris's involvement. I know they do something. I don't remember what they end up doing, but yeah, Matsuo gets eventually. It's kind of drug out and back scenes and stuff like that, but he'll eventually kind of make a, a full move. Um, I don't remember how it plays out. I'm actually kind of curious mm. to, to read it again and see what happens. Yeah, I was scanning forward and in, in you know covers trying to jar my memory, but it was like, nope. 
Rogue well, versus Captain Marvel, yeah. Extinction Agenda Part One through Twenty Eight. No, this is this is never going to pick up anywhere, as far well, as I remember. I was going to say we get uh, X Men gets pretty full nineties here in about a month, mm-hmm. so um, some stuff kind of gets shoved to the the back burner, and I I think if I remember right, like this doesn't really come back into play, maybe in the Protatio run. Oh wow, that's a waste. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a while, but but don't quote me on that. And if anyone's like screaming at their headphones, I'm sorry. But um, you can write in. Yeah, yeah, write in. Let me know. We'll catch up. I mean, we'll get there eventually on the podcast. But yeah, I just I don't know. But yeah. I do remember him being like a badass, like ninja crime boss. But I don't remember how it all like inter interplays. I just remember it taking a while. It's kind of interesting that they go through this whole, you know, two era story to set this up and then don't deal with it. Like right away? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we can't even remember when, if ever. So it's like, wow, what's this this issue seems so important and then nothing happens. It's kind yeah. of weird. Yeah. You know, I get, it gets buried in in crossovers and yeah. Big big stories and Wolverine it's like and people. Uh, Taking like over an, the Marvel universe, <laughs> an, an in-between story of bigger arcs. So yeah, like a, like a fill. This is like the '90s version of a fill-in issue, if you can believe it. <laughs> it kind of was, yeah. I'm, I mean, Claremont is, is interesting because he's kind of been a story here, a story there, kind of picking up everybody from the Siege Perilous. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it's pretty spread around, and takes a long time to really. Oh. land anywhere um this is when the x-men are i forgot all about that stuff yeah this is when really the x-men, X-Men are right gone yeah. yeah yeah all right yes and it's past the outback so even they've been presumed dead for a while but now they're not even like together like everybody's off doing their own thing colossus is amnesiac in new york rogue mm. is in the savage land wolverine's running around with psylocke um Oh, who else? Havoc is... I don't know what Havoc's doing. I think he kind of disappears until Extinction Agenda. Then he shows up in Genosha. Um, yeah, so the X-Men are all dispersed. Um, and then they all kind of come back together, really, in, in the crossover. Extinction Agenda, kind of... Everyone realizes, oh, everybody's alive, and we're all doing stuff now, so... I guess we'll realign the the X universe and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Man, that's good stuff. I got to read all that again. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited. I like a lot of that. To be in the middle of it, so. Yeah. Well, so um, what do you think of the art this time around? I know you said you've read this several times, but what what jumped out at you art wise? Well, I just it's funny. I just remember it's like going down memory lane, kind of, but. At the same time, this isn't really the kind of art I look for anymore in right. in good art in comics. And he's still doing his thing now, so it's not. I guess it's hard. <laughs> it's it's not nice to say he's dated because he's still doing it. But um, I just look for a different, more realistic style now. And this is a very superhero-y style. But um, right. So like a lot of it is like you know the ladies with the never-ending legs is a little dated and. But then again, there's pages like Wolverine chopping that guy's head off that are pretty dang fantastic. Right. Um, and I actually think that some of Jim Lee's earlier stuff might even be cooler than 
what he eventually becomes because it's like he's still trying to figure things out. So he's yeah. he's trying different things and different camera angles and stuff. And now he's more like, yeah, I know what I'm doing, so everything's going to look the same. Right. <laughs> um, I always liked his Wolverine. I like the way, like especially in that page where they go to fight and Wolverine's fangs are all bared and his eyes are red and stuff. Yeah. I've always like I love the way he like shades Wolverine's face in in relation to his hair. Right. I don't know why. I don't know what that means exactly, but like most of his face is just missing half the time. <laughs> um, and it always looked cool to me. I think that's one of the reasons I ended up liking Wolverine and wanting to keep reading X-Men just because of stuff like that. Right. Wolverine awesome. is the coolest guy in this issue, of course. Like as much as I like Captain America, he kind of comes off as a dork in this. <laughs> and and does, you know, if he is if he is the hero to Wolverine's sidekick, then he's like He's like um, 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 Green Hornet to uh, Wolverine's Kato because Wolverine does all the work and Cap just wears the outfit. But right. uh, um, yeah, Wolverine is so badass in this. Yeah, it's, it's just like, great. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I was uh, not, I won't really say surprised because I have great, great memories of this issue, but I'm very pleasantly pleased with how well it held up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there's parts where you can maybe critique the pacing a little bit. Some of the back and forth, especially towards the end, gets really, really fast. Um, you know, like, like there's, I think there's a couple where there's only like half a page for time period. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. Rather than that, though, I, I think I agree. You know, there's, there's the art's definitely very 90s, and there's things about it that are that are stuck in the 90s, um, whether he's still doing them today or not. <laughs> um, right. But I think overall it holds up pretty well, and the action's just phenomenal. And mm. you know, I mean, this is Claremont in his prime, so the story, even whether it gets picked up or not, <laughs> is really great. So I really, really enjoyed this issue again. So I was happy that I, you know, you never know when you don't read something for a while. Like, okay, mm. well, there's almost a little bit of trepidation, like. I like this so much. I don't want to risk ruining it. <laughs> but I, re- yeah, exactly. I, I really enjoyed it. So I actually found myself, I don't know about you. I think I liked the flashback story more than the yes, main story. I, I do. But, and I don't really know. If, at the same time, I don't know that the main story needed the flashback story. So I don't know where I am on that. I guess it depends on how it <laughs> unfolds. Yeah. Cause like, it's like they're show, they're showing this time that Wolverine and and Black Widow killed a Yonin back in the day, and now there's another one coming. I don't know if I'm saying that right, by the way. Is it Jonin or Yonin? But whatever I'm that not means. Sure. Yeah. Um, the head of the Ronins, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's connected, but like that's their thing. They just every once in a while get together and stop a Japanese guy from taking over the hand, I guess. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but it's a cool flashback. And like, like you said before, it's like, this is the, one of the first times that we established Wolverine was in world war two and he meets captain America. It's neat to see a young cap being kind of stupid and yeah, you know, pre invaders, I guess, and all that. So, you know what, this one, obviously you'd have to protract it and you'd have to conclude it, but this would actually make a really cool movie. Yeah, like this setup here, and with these this set of characters, I can totally get behind that. 
Well, I mean, except for the fact that Chris Evans is retiring, they could have done that if they're trying to introduce oh, mutants into, yeah. into the MCU. They could have had a World War II. Oh, yeah. Oh, something. wow. And you probably know more than me, but once they do open up Wolverine's origin, don't they do a whole, like, Wolverine origin series? And a lot of that involves Cap stories or Cap and Bucky stories or something? Yeah, it does. So, so, and this is a spoiler podcast anyway, but extra spoilers for for stuff that comes. So eventually, um, Weapon X gets tied into the Weapon Plus program, mm. and Captain America is the first weapon from Weapon Plus. Like the Super Soldier was try number one, and then mm. that, that program goes through iterations, and X really means 10. So Wolverine's oh. Weapon 10. Um, so that, that origin series does a lot to tie Captain America and Wolverine's history together. Um, and that their origins are not that far apart, so it's an interesting kind of way to look at the weapon, the Weapon Plus program. I think even even find out though, like Deadpool is Weapon Twelve or Thirteen or something, and so it kind of kind of ties a bunch of different characters together into the larger Weapon X umbrella. I always like when they do that. Yeah, just make yeah. it a smaller world. I do too. Uh, it's they could have gave Cap so claws, crazy. but <laughs> true. <laughs> doesn't really fit the motif exactly. He could have yeah. seen my red, white, and blues. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, no. that'd be weird. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> There's a what if story for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It holds up. I liked it. It was fun to read this again for the first yeah. time in a long time. Right. Oh, just like the cover says again for the first mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, so uh, here on the podcast that goes snicked, we do a claw rating. Oh, so, man. so what would you rate this out of six claws? Of six claws. Yeah. Interesting. Because he's got six claws. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, I'll say since I don't really know the claw system, I'll say that four is probably around a like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four so, is pretty good. Three's average, and goes. So five and six are like the highest. Marks. All right, I'll say four then. Okay. Because a lot of what of my enjoyment with this was probably nostalgia. Um, yeah. But it's a good story. I mean, if you look at the stuff coming before and after this, this story kind of stands apart as like not that important, maybe, compared yeah. to the stuff that's coming and the stuff that's already been. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, a four. Okay. Nice solid four. Well, I definitely have the same kind of nostalgia feel, but I'm going to go ahead and embrace that. Um, so I'm going to give it six out of six claws. I, I oh. really had a, I had a great time with this book. So I'm going to just embrace so, the nostalgia and, and just go for it. So this is as good as the dark Phoenix saga. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to think of what a six would be for me. I don't know. Uh, off the top of my head. Okay. So I mean, <laughs> Maybe a, a soft six. It's, it's not okay. the brood, the brood saga to me. Is uh, it's it's a yeah. it's a six with some cork on the end of the right of the tips. All right. <laughs> uh, con- context changes everything. I know, right? <laughs> I, I I'm I'm horrible at rating things. I'm always just like, don't go too high because you can never go higher. Right? Yeah, that's just the uh, might be something better. The unbridled optimist in me. So. I know. 
which when you should be used to with John. John's no, I was just gonna say we work well together. He likes everything and I don't. <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. Well, um, hey, speaking of of John and make ours Marvel, um, why don't you uh give a little plug for what you got going on so people can can go out and find you. All right. Well, my main thing is Make Ours Marvel, which I do with John Wilson, and we cover um, all the Marvel titles from FF number one on up. We're currently in um, – oh, I put myself on the spot here. We're in uh, July of 1964, so we're talking like Spider-Man 17, the first appearance of Kang in Avengers, Cap and Iron Man and Tales of Suspense finally getting started, so that kind of era. Um we do about three issues an episode. You can find that at makearsmarvel.com or just type in Make Ours Marvel in your app somewhere. Um, that's really all I do. The only other thing I do that I've kind of been doing is trying to read like every Batman story, which is, uh, uh, you know, not that interesting, but I'll post a picture every time I read a story. Okay. So if you're, inter- if you're interested in like just seeing random out of context Batman panels. <laughs> You can go to uh, dailybatman.wordpress.com. Now, but, are you doing them in order? Because I feel like... Yes. Okay. I'm trying to, unless I'm messing it up. No, but. no, no. I just... so Because I, I, I know you do like a lot of the Golden Age stuff, but I feel like I've also seen some like 80s and 90s stuff, but maybe it's just a different oh, thing. Oh, well, that's not on my that's not on my Twitter feed. That's... Okay. Uh, my Twitter feed is Kaiser the Great, like the hospital, K-A-I-S-E-R, the Great, all one word. Right. Uh, if you guys want to follow me there. But that's mostly just me retweeting stuff and occasionally having what I consider brilliance that nobody else does. Um, sometimes I'll post panels of stuff I'm reading oh, okay. there. But okay. no, the Daily Batman thing is in order. Every story. Oh, cool. Currently in the 1941. Wow. So that's going to take a while. Yeah. But, and did- he he starts in thirty nine. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, okay. thirty nine. But it was a short year for him, thirty nine. So right. I basically achieved like one year, one full year at this point. So okay, cool. Yeah, that's right. it. I try and keep it minimal so that I actually can accomplish these things. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. The the uh, unbridled ambition can get in your way sometimes. Yeah, it's too easy to have podcast ideas and then right. <laughs> I could just see myself not accomplishing any of them. So right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I kept telling myself I really want to do a gambit one too, but I don't. Ah, uh, no, so. you're up to three hundred something. You got to just keep it going. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. Well, yeah. So definitely, if you're not already, go listen to Make Stars Marvel. Like I said, it is. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, Michael and John make a, a great team. They play off each other really well. And it's highly entertaining. And also, you know, if you want to know about old stuff from the 60s, it's highly informative as well. So definitely check that out. Just, just don't necessarily agree with everything we say. But, uh, you know, it's a starting point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't know right. anything. But we're trying. <laughs> Awesome. Very cool. Well, um, as usual for the podcast at Ghost Knit, you can uh, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snitcast, and uh, show notes and stuff are at snitcast.podbean.com. Um, not exactly sure where this episode is going to fall. Either right before this or right after this will be 
the finale of the current volume of X-23 because that's getting canceled and that last issue comes out <laughs> right around now. Um, and then the next flashback episode will be the aforementioned Extinction Agenda. Uh, we're going to do all of it in one fell swoop. So oh, that, nice. that'll, that'll be a chunky episode. Um, and we'll have uh, the uh, Excalibros on to do that. So that'll be fun. Make um, some coffee. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, Michael, man, thank you so much again for coming on. Uh, had a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed it. And um, just just very grateful. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me again. It was really fun to read this again and get out of the 60s a little bit. And <laughs> I, I appreciate the ask. It was great. Good time. Cool. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. And snack. <laughs> Snat. Okay. <laughs>